Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnets. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. That's right, you're on Dirt Radio, I'm Sam, and today I have a wonderful Friends of the Earth person in the studio, Phil Evans, our Membership and Fundraising Coordinator. Welcome to Dirt Radio. Thanks, Sam. Good morning, everyone. Now, we've done some interviews. Uh, I think the last interview I may have done with you, you were actually chained to the top of some sort of mining equipment at the Leard Blockade. Is that right? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a while ago, about a year ago now, um, up at the Laird State Forest, a part of the Laird Blockade. Um, it was a massive walk-on. We had uh, about 100 people walk onto the mine site and we sat on machinery and things like that. And it was a pretty exciting and eventful day. Yeah. <laughs> It's the best live interview I've ever done, right as someone's being arrested on top of a piece of mining equipment. Now, Friends of the Earth is very lucky to have you now down, based in Melbourne, working with us. Yay! Yay. Very happy about that. Um, and uh, we wanted to talk today about what's going on. Uh, this time of year is tax appeal, of course. Now, Friends of the Earth has been having a pretty full-on year in our 40th year of existence, which, you know, maybe it's a change of life thing. <laughs> <laughs> foes, foes midlife crisis. Watch what happens. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, the year started off with us being under attack by the federal government, which was a continuation of uh, actually since 2012, back when uh, the Labor government were in power, we've undergone a series of hostile audits and uh, ha- have had to address ourselves uh, to pretty much everybody, which we've passed with flying colours, I might add. Uh, but of course, the attacks continue and have now broadened out to include other groups within the environment movement. And in fact, it seems that the Liberal Party policy as implemented at their National Council is to remove all environmental organisations off the register of charitable status, uh, effectively uh, clearing the path of resistance to extractive fossil fuel processes and stopping the halt to move Australia to renewable energy. So as the year's gone on, these things uh, have played out in various forms. There's been a number of inquiries going on, not only into environmental groups, but also here in Melbourne last week, we had uh, a sitting for the inquiry into wind power and wind turbines. Now, um, some people may not know, but you are actually a secret member of a secret activist uh, theatre troupe known as the Flat Earthers or the Flat Earth Institute. Is that correct? Well, uh, my, my pseudonym would be uh, Emeritus uh, Insimiatus. <laughs> <laughs> we we're talking about that. But yeah, yeah we had a, um, a bit of a fun time <laughs> down there um, as part of the Yester Renew- uh, working with the Yester Renewables campaign that's run out of Faux Melbourne as mm-hmm. well. Um, and we went down there to, uh, to show our support for Senator Madigan and Senator Lineholm, who uh, both are rabidly uh, attacking the wind industry at the moment. And, and, uh, and both are, 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 are rabid. 
uh, climate skeptics. As yeah, well. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's surprising in this day and age that uh, you know such people are given such a, a public forum to talk about these um, anti-science ideas. So. In, in, the, in the name of satire, we went down there as the flat earthers, uh, climate change denial and flat earthism kind of go together really well, <laughs> and um, had a uh, wind turbine that we were burning at the stake down there. Yeah, I saw that. It, it, it was all looking very um, heretical. Uh, and, and then, of course, there was this extraordinary moment that took place, uh, which I, I was present for and witnessed, <laughs> where you guys tried to approach Senator Lynham and... Uh, give him a pamphlet from the Flat Earth Institute supporting his uh, attack on um, wind because, of course, coal is good for humanity and and all of this exploration of renewable energy is making the coal gods furious. And he seemed to have not had his coffee that morning and was a little bit grumpy. <laughs> uh, now, he he told you guys as he got into the lift, in no uncertain terms, to F off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is totally uh, surprising behaviour for, you know, a senator, you know, who, who has honourable in his title as well. So mm. it was um, at least, yeah, a really shocking experience to see someone have such disregard for, um, you know, what ultimately concerns citizens engaging in, in peaceful uh, democratic behaviour. Yeah. And to be told, yeah, in no uncertain terms to F off. And. and and this is the thing. I mean, there was lots of chatter on Twitter about this. And one of the things was like, oh, God, a politician swore. And for me, it's like, you know, the whole PC concept of language is is complete BS anyway. Um, there's a time and a place for sweary language. Uh, for example, right now I'd have to bleep myself if I was to continue to swear uh, at this time of the day. But having said that, it's not about the fact that he used the F-bomb. It's actually about the fact that he's an elected representative who's been uh, voted in, you know, some would say through donkey votes, mm. <laughs> uh, to represent the people and yet his response to the actively engaged citizenry, which you would think politicians would want to engage with those mm. people since they're the most active, was so disrespectful and just absolute arrogance written all over it. Um, and I think that's what was really disturbing for people. Now, if he'd left it at that, perhaps it wouldn't have gone viral all over Twitter. But then he went online and actually uh, responded to your fine self and, and to my uh, Twitter handle online saying that we weren't citizens, we were parasites. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that just, you know, really was like the, the kind of like the, the icing on the cake, really. Mm. It just showed that that flat out disregard for democratic process. And for someone who, you know, calls himself a libertarian, like you think you'd have the respect for people to be out there voicing their, uh, their differing opinions. Yeah, free but- speech and all that jazz. Mm, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It was just a, it was a absolute attempt to shut us down and push us out of the debate entirely. Mm, mm. And it kind of backfired on him really, didn't it? Because, right. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of the uh, media picked up on it online. There were at least three articles I saw that were written. Uh, one of the finest ones actually strangely coming from Junkie, mm. which was this awesome um, understanding that he was, you know, the, uh, the crazy uncle in the basement that was... <laughs> 
uh, recounting his past sexual encounters in way too much detail and making everyone uncomfortable. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it totally backfired on him. The The community out there in, in Twitter and Facebook land were pretty uh, on the ball in understanding that it's the disrespect, the blatant disregard for community uh, that is the issue here, not whether a politician swears or not. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was really, really revealing. And these are the guys. These are the guys that are deciding <laughs> at this moment in history when we are facing cataclysmic co- climate change based on extractive fossil fuels when not only all the scientists but now the World Bank and the IMF and all of these people are going, yeah, coal's kind of dead, it's kind of over, people need to move towards renewables. And, of course, later this year the climate talks are going to be in Paris, which wants to go 100% renewable. And here we have these guys, and and I I mean guys, like they're all men, Mm -hmm. who are making these choices that have intergenerational consequences for us and they're making it not based on science but based on what um some sort of neoliberal christian ideology i I don't quite understand what's going on really but i wonder um how we get to the path of 100 percent renewables while these guys are in control of all of this stuff it seems just almost i don't know it's pretty daunting because there is no reason no absolutely not and even over the um last week we heard the g7 leaders all come out and say you know the end of coal is nigh and by the end of the century which is far too late in my opinion for uh you know any real effect to come in but it's a it's a step down the right pathway and then even tonight uh on um abc i don't know if i wanted to mention that yes but um yeah the end of coal uh uh documentary on four corners is on and um i i saw in the abc today that um Valerie Rockefeller, whose grandfather, of course, was uh, one of the first billionaires in America built mm-hmm. off the back of fossil fuels, is saying that she can't understand why the Australian government is so out of step with the rest of the world, saying comments like coal is good for humanity. I mean, she, she considers it heartbreaking yeah. that, you know, that we have these positions and that we have senators like Madigan, like Lionhelm out there actively opposing the solutions that we know work, um, that are working in other countries, that are working here yeah. so effectively. Yeah. And, and, and that's the real shame about it all. Um, how did a progressive country like Australia fall so far behind? So quickly. Mm. So quickly as well. Like it's it's really the Abbott government's uh, acceleration into backwardness mm. <laughs> is, you know, pretty astounding. And I think that we can probably answer that question for Rockefeller. You know, how did how did this happen? Why is the government adopting this position? And, uh, you know, I think most Australians know that there is a way too cosy relationship between uh, mining industry corporate media and politicians in this country. You know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room that no one's talking about. It's like, why is the Abbott government making all these crazy decisions? Well, because they're lining the pockets of their mates Mm. and their mate's agenda requires the continuation of extractive fossil fuel process with no care for the consequence 50, 100 years down the track. Uh, So, you know, I think it's pretty clear. It's just how do we deconstruct that so it's no longer effective. And you can see the environmental movement has been the most effective movement in this country um, because it has challenged in so many different tactical ways these concepts. So from divestment to direct action, uh, the environmental movement has stayed strong and focused across the country despite the continued attacks. And so what does an authoritarian regime do 
when they're cornered like that, they try to smash the movement, mm. uh, which brings us back to our topic. That was <laughs> a, a kind of self-segueing <laughs> uh, little s- sort of spurt of, of, of criticism of the government to say, um, you know, Friends of the Earth has been facing all these enormous challenges in our 40th year of operating in this country. We are a living example that you can organise and have a successful organisation that is non-hierarchical, that doesn't have bosses, that works collectively and collaboratively and that works deeply with community to empower community to take action. And that's what they don't like. They, well, it's that yes. and the fact that, uh, you know, the, the way that we are doing it is actually really effective. And yes. I think that's that's the, the real key point there is yes. that we're, we're kicking goals. We're seeing those communities empowered and what that actually looks like when we start to reclaim our democracy back from the, the big fossil fuel corporations. And that's the real threat to them at the moment. Yeah. So it's this crazy backhand compliment, really, because we have, <laughs> we have them on the run. They know that they lose in the end. It's just a matter of when they decide to surrender or whether they're going to go down fighting with their pieces, chunks of coal up their nose and in their mouth, you know, (laughs) really, with Gina at the front. Uh, So what have we done this year? Because I know we've done some amazing stuff and you and I are so sort of busy in the thick of, you know, dealing with everyone that works with FOI that sometimes we uh, forget to take stock of what we've achieved. So I believe that you've actually written some of this down for us. I have and and I am (laughs) going to refer to my notes because there is just so much going on at FOI, you know, and you start, you know, obviously with, uh, you know, the quick coal and the coal and gas free Victoria campaigns, mm-hmm. which have just, uh, just declare, well, just um, helped uh, communities, uh, the 61st community declare itself a no-go zone for um, those extractive fracking industries and unconventional gas, which is just amazing yeah. uh, testament to uh, community organising and the power that, uh, well, the, the power that a community does hold and just needs to realise when they come together to work on these issues. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really exciting stuff. Um, but only one piece of the pie. Yes. Um, you know, you look, um, you know, I like to say, like, our, our strategy is almost quick coal, and then we say yes to renewables. Yes. And um, the Yes to Renewables team um, have been really just growing strength to strength this year. And and really, um, the election of the Andrews government last year really yep. uh, gave a great opportunity uh, to start to dismantle the, the regressive environmental policies that the Bailey and Naphthine governments had put in place. And mm. Yes to Renewables were at the forefront arguing for the repeal of those anti-wind laws that, you know, yeah. were, were really stifling the industry here and holding back the growth of jobs in the renewable sector. Yes. And I think you know, a massive win of that has seen the repeal of those laws and, and the, the, uh, the confidence again to come back to business to be able to actually like get those wind farms going and more mm. and more communities talking about cooperatives mm. and, and other decentralised structures in terms of getting those projects off the ground. And it's great to see Yester Renewables at the forefront of that sort of work. Yeah, and it's awesome, you know, again, to remind people that Friends of the Earth has this extraordinary philosophy where there is resistance but there's also transformation Mm. and the transformation is, well, we're not going to just talk about what we don't want. We're going to show you where we think we can go and what we do want and Mm. that's a a really unique component, I think, of the work that FOE does and the way that it does it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and part of that, like, transformative, like, uh, um, thing is also looking at um, the way that we can work with state governments when we have such a um, a regressive uh, national government. So, um, yes, renewables have also been working on getting a Victorian renewable energy target up with, with the, you know, so much problems going on at the federal level in terms of getting 
getting a, a, a real renewable energy target through mm. that doesn't involve burning forests <laughs> and biomass, <laughs> uh, which is just an absolutely uh, ridiculous head idea. Head explosion, head yeah. explosion. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. So, you know, it's great to see them out the front calling for that that target as well. And, it, yeah. you know, and the, um, the government have been really, um, in Victoria, have been receptive to that idea. And, mm. you know, it's it would be a uh, watch this space, I would say, in terms of that space. Yes. And so what else we got going on at Focus? I know there's a lot, lot more. Oh, there is so much more. And I know, um, Sam, you're part of the Economic Justice Collective, which um, is a new addition to um, FO this year. Um, it's a new but an oldie. I yeah. mean, FO was really engaged in the anti-globalisation sort of movement um, and then it kind of fell off a little bit as we turned our focus to climate change. But mm. it's back because it's interconnected. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and it was actually interesting. I was flicking through some um, of the old newsletters when a uh, supporter came in the other day. He was looking for a particular artif- article from 2000, which was great to go back through that history. And we've mm. been doing that a lot through our 40th year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I opened up to the section on the, um, the S11 protest because mm. it was around that same period. And, um, yeah, and FOE were really... You know, working with so many other people um, to make sure that that community blockade was so successful. Yeah. And now the continuation of that, like, is seen through the resistance against the uh, the big evil um, deal on everything, yeah. um, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, which... Uh, also you, known as corporate rights. Yeah. <laughs> the big Trojan deal, like... Yeah. <laughs> Um, so uh, recently, um, you and I were both at the Community and Union um, Roundtable, which yes. um, was a fringe event as a part of the um, ACTU uh, talks down here in Melbourne. And um, those talks were amazingly successful. And it was mm. really heartening to hear that unified voice from unions, from community groups um, in opposition to you know, this this really uh, regressive corporate takeover of our democracy. Yeah. And, um, and, and I know it was a... a a large part of uh, the work of the Friends of the Earth Economic Justice Collective that saw mm. the ACTU actually adopt that, representing 2.4 million union supporters around the country. Yeah, so um, yeah. it's huge to see, like, you know, like almost 10% or more, if we add in the environmental movement into that, you know, we're starting yeah. to talk really big numbers of people who are saying, no, mm. um, enough is enough, and this neoliberal project of, and corporate takeover has got to stop. And the TPP has really come to solidify what is wrong with uh, with these ways of thinking and these ideologies, which is a real threat to our sovereignty. So. Yeah, yeah, mm. and absolutely. And, and the first place that these, you know, secret deals are going to exercise their power is of course going to be around the mining industry, particularly in Australia where so many people involved in this deal see us as a giant quarry uh, for their own geopolitical gains, mm. etc. Uh, so it was amazing. There were nurses, doctors, uh, there were people from Get Up, from Choice, Aftinet. It was just such an amazing cross-section. I'm so glad that everyone came to the table. And, of course, it just proves that, you know, Andrew Robb has to be very careful about what he says in public uh, because he's been saying all year that he has not heard a single complaint from the community. Um, And that, of course, is despite a forum that we helped organise being in his own electorate last year (laughs) that he was invited to. And I might add that as a person that helped with that organising, I personally sent an invite to him to come to the community roundtable to hear our concerns. And, of course, he respectfully declined to uh, show up because then he would have to acknowledge that he'd heard from the community, I guess. Uh, And I think the best outcome of that was actually... Uh, that the union and, and community groups that were present are absolutely um, together in the fact that this can go no further. We mm. need to release the text. It's, you know, it's Labor is saying, well, we, we don't want 
the government to sign something with ISDS. Well, unfortunately, from what we've seen of the TPP text so far, simply asking them to remove the ISDS is no longer good enough. Mm. Uh, We don't know what other corporate rights have been incorporated into the 29 chapters, and we are never going to know if it's negotiated in secret. So what we really need now is for the ALP to really step forward in line with the community and the union movement and say, all right, we're prepared to do this in a transparent and accountable way and we are also going to call on the government to release the text. Uh, Now, people will note there's been sort of crickets coming from both major parties in terms of actually confirming that they want to release the text. And only uh, in the Labor Party, the only people I've seen stand up so far is Melissa Parks, Uh, proving once again that she is the most progressive kind of uh, MP in the Labor Party at the moment and she is quite prepared to go against her party to do what's right. So, you know, kudos to her and let's hope the Labor Party, who is having their conference really, really soon in Melbourne, uh, takes this issue up and considers moving into alignment with their own union members and community members in calling for a transparent democratic process. you know, it, it seems to make so much sense, but they got us into this, the Labor Party, and they certainly weren't keen to release the text when they were in power. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there's a game going on here, which, you know, unfortunately the end game is, uh, the crazy part of it is these politicians are actually disempowering themselves to corporations. Mm. And the, the only sort of logical conclusion I can reach on that is that they're thinking about where they're going to work once they leave parliament. Well, yeah, I mean, you see that in uh, pretty like much everyone. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly the point I was going to make. <laughs> Welcome back to Woodside. Yeah. Uh, so... I mean, I mean, yeah, and you know, anyone who's read uh, Naomi Klein's um, latest book, uh, mm. "This Changes Everything," um, will probably remember the the, the passage that was there uh, around the North American Free Trade Agreement or NAFTA. Yes, um, that was signed between uh, Canada, the US, and Mexico back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, the big- under a Clinton, I believe. Yeah, under the under the Democrats. So you yes. know, well, as left as you can get in America, um, and <laughs> <laughs> which isn't very left, no. <laughs> about as left as my right hand. <laughs> But um, one of the big criticisms that Klein makes in her book is that um, the big green groups really didn't get behind, uh, you know, making sure that um, environmental and social justice, which Friends of the Earth believe are in, like, you know, intrinsically linked um, at at every level, um, and they didn't get behind um, those calls and kind of sold out a little bit on yeah. it. And so it's great to have a group like Foe um, working you know, at the forefront of this and collaboratively mm. with other groups, and we really hope to see um, more and more of those um those bigger groups you know get on board and make mm. sure that they um they really do see that uh you know this is a real threat to our environment and uh and and our okay. sovereignty and our ability to organize around these things because yeah. um you know uh once the supranational uh, kind of a uh, board is uh you know almost put in in control then you yeah. know who do we who are we arguing against then and you know exactly. it just makes the fight even harder so it does mm. so what else have we been up to because there must be more in fact i know there's more oh uh, there there is so 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 much more <laughs> <laughs> so um really exciting stuff is around the um the Barma Milua collective which um people mm. have known has been around a, a while working um to protect red gum uh, forests um, up in the Barmer and Miller State Forest, and um, helped declare like over twelve thousand hectares of um, of national park 
over the last couple of years. Um, they're actually about to have a bit of a re uh, a rejig and a bit of a name change. So um, yeah, they're going to be called the River Country Campaign now. So Great. those people who are familiar with that, if they start to hear things about River Country, can know that uh, that that's mm. going on. And they're um, at the moment looking into um, the Indigenous protection areas and making sure mm. that there's adequate funding uh, given to those, so they can actually be an effective force in making sure that um, country uh, that uh, country and culture can be properly looked after, and mm. we can start that uh, you know that, that that good conversation about educating people about what that actually that connection means. Um, yes. That uh, you know, and I think that's a connection that you know that we can all look and explore in ourselves and mm. start to understand that this is uh, this is sacred land that we live on and mm. was never ceded, and you know it's it's really important that we we learn about uh, what it means to be on this land and, and, mm. and start to connect with that. So so that's really exciting stuff from the um, the River Country campaign. But then there's also uh, the anti-nukes and uh, nuclear clean... Uh, uh, anti-nuclear and clean energy <laughs> campaign. Oh, the ACE group. Um, and they must be only about a week away from yeah. um, departing on the annual radioactive exposure tour, which yes. I'm very upset that I won't be a part of. And I believe this year they're going up to Lucas Heights in uh, New South Wales and then they're going to sort of travel around and make their way back to Adelaide for the Students uh, Sustainability Students Festival that happens every year. Yeah, and I believe they're going through Dubbo as well. Um, I've got a bit of a personal connection up there um, with a campaigner named Dave Mould who's uh, helped set up uh, the Nuclear Free Dubbo Group. Oh, great. Um, which is, uh, there's a, a bit of a mining operation going on there that's looking like it's going to be uh, set up as a, a, a more um, copper and silver mine and then um, expand into nuclear once they get their approvals. So, <laughs> um, yeah. And, and, you know, like, we, we, this is, you know, back to that, that huge problem that we have in this country is, you know, uh, the Environmental Protection Agency or the EPA mm. um, has really just become every project approved and, and nothing's yeah. being knocked back anymore. And then you look and when there are projects that are knocked back mm. um like say in uh in Bulga in new south wales where the uh, walkworth mine is um set to expand and to swallow up the entire village that is out there the community actually had a win on that and then the mm. new south wales government actually went back and retrospectively legislated to make sure that 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 win was no longer valid anymore and unbelievable yeah absolutely and 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 this is the, the really sad thing i mean you know uh, if, if the government's you know going to be so brazen and, and and disrespectful, and that feels like it's the kind of theme of today, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you know it it, it 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 makes you really worry. Like you know, and mm. and then even back to the TPP, you know, like yep. and it just gets more and more stripped out of us. Like you know, um, mm. and and that's yeah, it's a scary project. Uh, you know, a scary idea into the future. So you know, mm. like having groups like the um, anti nuclear and clean energy campaign out there like really like um advocating um yeah. people may not be aware in south australia at the moment there's actually a royal commission into the uh the use of nuclear energy in yes. australia um yes. something i know that david leonhelm once again um is um <laughs> a little bit keen to like make sure that that's uh fairly placed in the market as um, he would like to say the invisible <laughs> hand of um of the market all leading the way but um they've been actively um working with community um and indigenous mm. folk out there to make sure that that doesn't go ahead because um you look at a, a place like um olympic dam and and mm. the negative effect or the nuclear industry just generally on um on indigenous people around Australia has been so disproportionately like heavily weighted against them and yes. and it's just yeah uh, and and then you look back to the the great victory that ace had not that long ago working um uh, with the Mirror people um on the Muckety yes. waste dump and that was an amazing long fought you know seven or eight year campaign yeah, yeah. 
and yeah. um, really inspiring work. And, and that's, you know, to me, uh, at the heart of what Faux looks like when it's campaigning well is um, working with communities um, mm. of all stripes and, mm. and as especially with our, our, the First Peoples of Australia. You know, it's yeah. really important that um, we, we progress down this path and have actions and not just words. Yes. Um, around this sort of thing. so Yeah, radioactive racism, I think, is what they're calling it. Mm. You know, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, of course, we had Anthony Amos with the amazing footage that was given to him, again, coming out of deep community relationship about mm. the koala being bulldozed out of uh, some logging going on down down uh, in, what, is it Western Victoria, yeah, I think yeah. it was? Yeah, um, You know, th- that footage went completely viral uh, and suddenly we are, you know, are starting to understand that we are, we're not even, you know, they're not even working at best practice, which is what they were supposed to do, and mm. they're just bulldozing animals out of trees for wood chips. Yay! Go yeah. Australia! Team Australia is awesome. Yeah, absolutely disturbing. But uh, And then also, like, you know, I realise we're running mm. <laughs> out of time, but um, it's just testament to the amount that's going on at Foe, yeah. but we can't forget like our amazing food cooperative yes. downstairs as well. Um, our, uh, our our favourite Beth um, just yep. was uh, recently awarded a local heroes uh, award from That's the Yarra- two years in a runner. row. She's like superhero, now. uber hero, uber I would hero, <laughs> but, uh, uber heroine. Yeah, that's it. And like last year, you know, they served over seventeen thousand um, biodynamic and, and vegan meals out to uh, hungry. Uh, Collingwood community on Smith Street and, mm. you know, and looking to do more. And that's all uh, volunteer-based mm. um, cooperative mm. down there with amazing foods and, you know, encouraging reuse of uh, packaging and um, yep. and different structures in the way that we shop and to mm. you know, give that outlet for people to make those individual choices in the way that they consume. Yeah, yeah, which is awesome. So we're coming up to tax appeal time. What do you want people to do? Because we know that now more than ever, phone needs to get as many donations, build up our you know, our backup reserve because God knows what the government is going to do next. Mm. Uh, what what do people need to do to give some money, donate some time? You know, there are lots of ways to engage, I know. Uh, we really do need financial support right now. Uh, so if you want to donate for tax time, how do they do that? So the best way to do that is to jump onto melbourne.fo.org.au and mm-hmm. um, just click on Donate. There, um, really simple, um, one page, and it'll get you through. Um, if you get that done before June 30, um, whilst we still have tax deductibility <laughs> standards, um, if uh, Senator Canavan has his way, I don't think we can. Um, but um, yeah, so jump on there, and um, there's credit card donations. Um, you can drop PASFO if you want to make a cash donation, and we can get mm-hmm. you a receipt for that, or you can make out a check or a money order and post that into PO Box Triple Two in Collingwood. 3065. Wow. Very good. Yeah, going off the top of my memory there. Um, I think it's and, Fitzroy, though. Yeah, it's Fitzroy, yeah. No, you're right, yeah. <laughs> it's across the road. So, yeah, 